Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. This is episode 17, season two, and I'm Lee. This is Eddie. Hello. We have an amazing show today. I'm super pumped, super excited. I mean, I, for one, am literally pissing. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say that? Yeah, you can say that. (laughs) I'm literally pissing from the the anticipation of, of this great episode. I thought I'd start out on a classy note. No, that was great, but I don't know how I know you, you know. <laughs> you know those moments when you're like, how do I know this person? <laughs> I just showed up one day. You were reading a crime novel. You were like, maybe I should do a crime podcast. I was being classy right? as shit. You were being yeah. classy as shit. And then you heard a knocking on your window and you thought, that's strange. I live on the seventh floor. <laughs> and you looked down and I was floating there and I was like, hey! <laughs> Let me in, Lee. <laughs> Got to invite I mean, it's like vampires, but less classy. Well, this is my lot in life now. Here we are. What are we we talking about today? So we're going to be talking about Rachel Abbott's The Sixth Window. Mm -hmm. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Try saying that three times fast. Rachel Abbott's The Sixth Window. Rachel Abbott's The Sixth Window. The Sixth Window. The Sixth Window. The Sixth Window. (laughs) (laughs) That sucked. Uh, We're going to be talking about The Kraken Wakes. And we're going to be talking about creatures that come from the deep. Tell me about The Sixth Window. Uh, it's in a series, I imagine, like an is ongoing it, detective series. Is it The Sixth? I, I Look, possibly, but The Sixth Window <laughs> is a feature in the novel. Okay, so, so it's not just like a series about windows. No, but that's a really great idea. The first window, yeah. the second window. If anyone is really interested in writing about windows. Yeah, that's copyright Leonetti. Come so. talk to us. We might work out a situation. Yeah. Yeah. This one was pretty good. What? I have to say. For uh, a book about windows. Yeah, I know, right? All right, tell me the premise. Okay, so it's an ongoing detective series that I think that the primary character is DCI Tom Douglas. Love a DCI, so he's we're in great. the UK. We're in the UK. Okay. Yeah. And he's like that great parental gruff old cop figure. Right. You know okay. what I'm talking about? That's like out there doing the job for the good of, you know, mankind. Oh, right, right, right. So less of the hard drinking, tough talking. No, he's a good sensitive. Yeah. You know those rough and tumble older men that are like might snap at you, but then they'll give you a wink? And a slap on the back? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so they're right. rough, but they have a really good heart. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly like that. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. But even though he's, I think that the, he's the primary character throughout the series, uh-huh. he's not the main focus. Okay, so it's more like when you've got, I, I guess like Poirot. It, it's less about Poirot and it's more about the diabolical confusing situation yeah and this i think i've told you a few times i hate it when i'm reading a book and they just keep introducing more characters right if if you've told me once you've told me a thousand times stop introducing new characters i think my rule is rule of thumb if you're halfway through the book and you're still introducing new characters stop your name is Anne holt (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's true that's why i don't read them anymore i quite like Anne holt i know you do you know agree to disagree 50 50 on this show yeah yeah Anyway, so the primary story is around Natalie Gray. She loses her husband. Okay. About when the book opens, she'd lost her husband about 18 months ago. All right. Is this the first time she's lost a husband or does she have a habit? Like, is she just a bit, you know, vague, kind of leaves them places? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that joke right there. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> no. So she was married to a cop. 
he was run down in some kind of car accident. Oh, okay. And yeah. they assumed it was an accident, the keyword being assumed. Or was it? Mm-hmm. So they have a daughter, her name's Scarlett. So Natalie's partner died in a car accident. As right. I said, he was run down in the street. Yeah. What they thought was just someone going for a joyride. Okay. Um, she hooks up with his best friend. Oh. Who's also a cop. Right. And they fall in love and they move in together. Okay. There's a bit of a content warning around. So the, the main crime in this story mm. is that someone is exploiting young teenage girls. Oh, damn. Um, taking pictures of them Ugh. and then putting them on the internet. It's written in such a way that it's like, it's not exploitative at all of that subject matter. Right, yeah. It's not romanticized in any way. Fully. It's not glorified in any way. And it doesn't go into a lot of detail about it. Which is, I think, probably one of the best ways to handle this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't think that crime should shy away from worst excesses of the genre but Mm. I do think that there does need to be this kind of um, Stephen King rule of thumb yeah go on and that is to humanize everyone yes to be sensitive Mm -hmm. to not gratuitously display anything like you know it needs to be there for a reason Mm. and also just to be respectful yeah and I think right on the money with what you're saying is the scenes that depict that kind of violence happening what I like about this book is that you know how when there's an unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. I sometimes get a bit frustrated but in this book there's you know some young women that are being exploited that aren't quite aware of that at that point because they're young so their experience isn't particularly terrifying at that point and it's really interesting to see what their perspective of that experience might be like right yeah and so as an adult reading that you you're like run get out of there yeah Yeah. you're feeling all of that kind of person sitting in the movie theater in the horror film being like don't open the door yes because i know there's a murderer behind yes and and there yeah the other main character scarlet who's the Mm -hmm. teenage daughter of natalie she gets involved in this somehow right right? but she turns into a bit of a detective herself and i love that agency yeah yeah Yeah. so natalie the mum is in the relationship with ed the new cop Uh right uh who was her husband's best friend Mm -hmm. natalie finds some stuff on his computer that she's really not happy with right and takes her daughter and moves out of the house Good call. Right? So they move into this other house, but it feels like maybe they were planted in that house. Oh, And no. there's just a whole bunch of great characters. There's a lot of stuff from Scarlett's perspective, mm-hmm. a lot of detective work on her mm-hmm. part, a lot of miscommunications because there's so many different characters happening. Yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well written, really mysterious, mm-hmm. well written, enjoyable piece of work. Yeah, yeah. So was it like pacey? It was definitely pacey. There was always something happening. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes when something's there's a really fine line I think between pacey and exhausting mm. um, at times I felt a bit exhausted a little bit yeah. yeah I think that can be good sometimes to, to be a little bit like kind of worn out by the by the things just kind of coming at you but I don't know I think that some of the best horror thriller suspense crime mystery works have moments of stillness yeah and it's not tension it's stillness because yeah. you can't keep getting more afraid yeah. unless you have a moment to relax. Yeah. No, but this doesn't have much time to just – it's very pacey. Right. But, you know, if you think about a board, one of those, like, serial killer boards that you see in the movies and they've got pins right. up everywhere. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, links to each to everything. Right. That's kind of how this book like, felt. Like, there was like s- you have about me on exactly. your Where's Eddie from? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Like, there were so many characters, but they were all linked in really interesting yeah, ways. Yeah, okay. That I felt... Um, just wasn't coming to fruition because the writer wanted it to like these links made sense as they unraveled okay we were talking a little bit about 
this last week when I was saying I hate it when these coincidences just happen or right. the characters just do things that the writer clearly wants them to do but yeah, doesn't seem yeah. as though it's coming from a real motivation. But this is a bit of that like Dickens shit where all of these threads kind of go out and by the end most of them have coalesced. Yes, exactly. A tapestry if, if you will. If you will, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, four out of five. Amazing. Yeah. Loved so, it. Rachel Abbott, The Sixth Window. The other day, I was perusing my bookshelf, Mm -hmm. specifically uh, the section of my bookshelf that is just orange penguin books. Very stylish. Right? Mm -hmm. I thought so. And I happened upon Mr. John Wyndham. Mm -hmm. Classic. Now, long-time listeners will know that I am a bit obsessed with John Wyndham. I'm not a bit obsessed, you know, just like... I wish I could go back in time and be his best friend. Yeah, That's all, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think last year Val McDermott came out with a radio show, mm-hmm. like a radio play mm-hmm. of The Crack and Wakes. Yes. And we spoke about that. It was a really good adaptation, but we didn't talk about the book. That's true. That it's based on. That's true. Yeah. Side note, when that happened, you gave me another book of his. I did. What was it? Chalky. Another one. Chrysalids. No. Plan for Chaos. No. Midditch Cuckoos. The Midditch Cuckoos. I really yes. enjoyed that. It's the book that The Children of the Damned is based yes. on. And it's such a terrifying idea. These like identical blonde blue eyed children with their creepy telepathic link. I love that science fiction idea that they're all kind of like connected and like with one mind. Mm. Yeah. Little creepazoids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So The Kraken Wakes by John Wyndham was first published in 1953. It was a fair while ago. It's a little bit ago. Mm. Yeah. You know, back when I was just a wee lad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what happens is a bunch of... uh, Plants. I have to... to, No, this... Stars. Jellyfish. (laughs) Am I getting closer? You are not. Machines. So a bunch of, uh, like, meteors sort of strike the ocean Mm -hmm. and they're not sure if they're meteors or if they're some kind of unidentified flying object otherwise known as a ufo right yes so there's a bit of speculation as to whether or not they're coming from the sky or from the ocean from below or above right and so it follows uh a couple who are, they write radio documentaries. So it's like 1950, you know, 1958. He likes to follow couples. He does. That's a recurring theme in his books. Yeah, he likes, you know, relationships. Yeah. They write radio documentaries. So they're like following this story. I think they're the first people to see this phenomenon. Right. And they're kind of following it. It's got this real slow burn to it. Like they go and they do other stuff. They hear more about these, you know, flashes of light in the air, these floating orbs. And they're being described by all sorts of people as all sorts of different things. But they're pretty sure it's all the same thing. I love a good orb. Right? (laughs) You know, in like ghost photography and ghost hunting, they're always like, look, there's an orb in that picture. Right. And it's meant to be some physical manifestation of the spirit. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, entire villages are suddenly become ghost towns. The people are gone. The people are just gone. This sounds awesome. And there's, n- 
it's not that there's no sign of a struggle it's that the signs of struggle are really weird like we're talking huge beaches are like covered in weird like tracks the sands thrown everywhere there are buildings that have had entire corners just knocked off of them but there's no one in the towns Oh, I love this is a good story. Right? So these two, they've been researching this. They're pretty sure that these empty towns, and they're all beachside towns Mm -hmm, as well, mm -hmm. are connected in some way to these flying objects. Okay. So they're trying to chart the progress of where it's happening. So the radio presenters. Well, they're not presenters. No, no. Okay, no, it's just like a... I love that. I love when just yeah. regular uh, citizens go about trying to solve right. a giant yeah, yeah, mystery. Because yeah. Yeah. it's global. So mm-hmm. it's not something like, you know, obviously local authorities are investigating this. Suddenly an entire town goes missing. But, you know, what do you do? You can't necessarily investigate that. Especially because it doesn't seem like whatever is taking these people returns to the scene of the crime. Right. So this couple, they're trying to figure out where is going to be hit next. So they're pretty sure they've found out a pattern. They're not sure if it's right. And they go to this beachside town and wait. They're putting themselves in the eye of the storm. Right? And so they're like recording. They're trying to like get, you know, they're they're hoping that whatever it is will arrive. And then it does. No. And we are talking some intense stuff here. Yeah. Um, Are you going to reveal it? Yes. Okay. Because I, I, don't, I don't think it's particularly... It's, it's on the front cover. <laughs> You're right. I can see some weird alien-like objects. Right? Yep. All of a sudden, from the ocean, these giant domed tanks, like we're talking big metal machines, come just out of the ocean. And they come up onto the beach and they come into the town and they start kind of launching these weird spongy wriggly Ugh. jellyfishy things that just tangle around people and drag them off this sounds fascinating and it, it's terrifying they're trying to record what's happening i think one of them gets grabbed by one of the things and they have to like pull it off and it's like just awful and they're trying to figure out did these things come from the sky or from the ocean or from the ocean Mm -hmm. because they're you know they're in these big tanks why are they in these big tanks is it because they need the pressure of you know fathoms and fathoms deep Mm -hmm. you know that we know more about the uh galaxy Mm. than we do about our own ocean fascinating there is some i could be making that up there is some just say uh, it with authority i'm gonna say it with authority yeah yeah boom yeah so we don't know what's down there mm. we've only been could be heck anything heck anything yeah we've only been like i think challenger deep which is yeah where james cameron hangs out yeah yeah so do they escape this well you'll have to read it to oh. find out okay I hope it sold a few copies because it sounds like a really good story. <laughs> I think it I think it might have. Yeah, I think it's already stood the test of time. All right, all right. But um yeah, emerging author John Weaver. <laughs> His debut novel, The Cracking Weights. <laughs> you know what, this is a really interesting fact that you've just brought up about the ocean. Yeah. Because did you know that but somewhere between fifteen thousand and eighteen thousand new species are identified each year just in the ocean no no in the world in the world like, right in all kinds of environments but a large proportion of those are a insects uh-huh and Creepy. b things that wash up from the ocean wait hold on so what you're telling me 
is that every now and then something washes up on the on the beach and some scientist is like, heck is that? Yes. They go, they take it to a lab, they poke it, they prod it. They probe it? Probably. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. They dissect it. They, they bisect it. it. They yeah. give it a hug. Probably before the dissection, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give, it a, give it a smooch, throw it back. Taste it. A little it. bit like Rex yeah. Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. And confirm that, yes, this is yet another new species. Wow. Do you want to hear some of the uh, most interesting things that were found, new species that were found last year? No. You're going to. <laughs> Coming in at number 10, the psychedelic sea slug. What? It's faceless and Gross. it looks like something out of an alien film. Oh, that's not okay. The long lost whale. Disgusting. The glow in the dark turtle. Ideal. My favorite, this didn't come from the ocean, but the pig nosed vampire rat. Why is I'm this sorry. A thing? I'm sorry. Think mouse. Right. Think pig. Think amalgamation with little little teeth. It's so cute. That's look at that little pig nose. Yeah, that's horrifying. Shape shifting frog. Disgusting. And the most interesting, right? That I was most fascinated by was the undersea crop circles. What? So think wheat fields. Right. I'm thinking about a wheat field. You know how like people like how did this perfect circle, this giant perfect circle, end up in this wheat field? Um. Yeah. I still don't know. They're happening under the sea, Eddie. Under the sea. Under the sea. Cause, cause the whole like you know the crop circle in the in the cornfield in the wheat field like you know that's been pretty thoroughly debunked. As... Has it? Yeah. Tell me about there, it. There are guys, and what they do is they like have big um, lengths of wood attached to like a rope, and they just use it to push down a whole you know section of the field, and then they just like you know chart out where they're gonna go, and they just. Stomp it down. I don't know. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. (laughs) These under the sea are intricate geometric designs of up to two meters wide. Whoa. Mm. You just know that's some like whack fish. Yeah. It's just like. Dragging its butt on the ground or something. (laughs) Being real creepy (laughs) shit. It's like under the sea. (laughs) Sebastian. Under the sea. (laughs) Gonna do a crop circle. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. That's horrible. Yeah. Horribly fascinating. Ah, you know, I feel like there's a lot of scary things to do with the ocean, to do with b- large bodies of water. Like you think about the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. What is that? What do you reckon? What's your theory? What's your hot theory on what the Loch Ness monster is? Go. It's a large fish. A, a fish. <laughs> Just like straight up a fish. Yeah. It's a giant fish. Do you know how big fish can get? Like, they can get quite big. I've been watching lots of, like, adventure shows where the guy's main job is to go out and catch, like, ginormous fish. Right. Potentially. Like river monsters? It's like it? river monsters, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Do you have any ideas? Well, I once watched a film. I think it had Ted Danson in it, now that I think about it. So that's reliable. So it was a documentary. It was a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I think their theory was that it was a dinosaur that had been hiding in Loch Ness in like a cave and like would come out occasionally yeah so it was just some dinosaur what how is it still alive i don't know it's like in a cave and shit that's so interesting yeah sea monsters yeah that's a thing you know everyone's always like oh i was attacked by the kraken you know everyone knows someone who was attacked by the kraken that's true it's always like your aunt goes on a cruise comes back oh the kraken (laughs) god yeah i just i'm not as fascinated by 
like Bigfoot, Loch Ness, those kinds of... See, this is something I really don't understand. And I feel like it's a big difference between yourself and myself. Yeah. Is that you're like ghosts, demons, boom, 100% real. No, I don't know if they're real. Right, yeah, sure. But I'm like Bigfoot, mm, maybe. Yeah, but Bigfoot's probably just like a big animal that hasn't been discovered yet. Yeah. It's not something from another universe or time and space. I don't That's think That's really is. fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I, I read an article that said um, the Loch Ness Monster is probably a big catfish. That's the word I was looking for, catfish. Right? Yeah. So, Do you know they, they eat dirt and sludge on the bottom of right? the ocean? Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't eat catfish for that reason because they just like... Taste a bit... Taste a bit poopy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so any books that you might be reading during the week? Oh, I've got so much going on. I'm reading The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Cause Brilliant. I... Because I hate everything. Yeah. Well, we've had a few things come come across our desk. I'm reading at the moment Troll by D.B. Thorne. I'm actually seeing that everywhere at the moment. I went down to my favorite bookshop right? and it was sitting. Pride know, of Place. Pride of Place. Yes. Going to be looking at the BMX Kid oh, and the River Cult Murders. You've been raving to me about that. By Paolo Cedizari. Uh-huh. Yeah. He sent us a link to part of the audiobook, and it's read by this kind of like um, I'm going to say Jason Statham type, mm-hmm. which is ideal. So it sounds like some like pretty gray kind of like trashy crime going on. Like, you know, you don't call it the BMX kid in the river cold murders. If you don't know what you're doing. It sounds fantastic. Right. And, um, Ian Ryan's the student. So these are all things on my, on my list. I haven't started, haven't started them yet, but, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Keep an ear out. Yeah. How about you? Got some more Stephen King on the back burner. I'm trying to give it a rest <laughs> because I'm like, people might want to hear some new things. I don't know. I, well, yeah, maybe. Because after a certain point, it's just Stephen King's good. Yeah. And it should just be the Stephen King podcast. I mean, maybe we should do the Stephen King podcast. I would love that. Look, I was just trying to Google the book that I'm reading at the moment, but I can't find it. I can't remember its name. So you're just going to have to hang in there. Next week, I'll probably be talking about it. Suspenseful. Mm -hmm. I, for one, am on the edge of my seat. I cannot wait. It's like double suspense. What am I reading? What's going on? What's going to happen? Who are we? What's going... Who's Eddie? Who am I? What does Eddie want? (laughs) Put some more pins in. Have you seen any cool films recently? Yeah, I went and saw one yesterday. It was called They Come at Night. And was it scary? (laughs) It was like the coming together of my partner and I's interests. Mm -hmm. She's really interested in like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, big zombie um, fan. Big zombie fan. I'm interested in like pandemic films. Right. So this was set in the aftermath of you know, of some kind of apocalypse where there'd been right. a pandemic, like a, a, a sickness. Uh-huh. And uh, this a bit family... Like the stand. A bit like The Stand. Yeah. yeah, but not magical, really. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so there's this family stuck in this house. They all follow all these rigid rules to survive this plague. Oh, wow. And then this family, they invite this other family to come and live with them. Intense. Yeah. And mm, I didn't really love it. I've actually heard that's had really good reviews online. Huh. I thought it was going to be coming more from like a scary thriller kind of um even maybe like ghostly kind of angle right right like suspense that kind of thing but was it more a bit like um interpersonal relationships absolutely it was more about Ugh. like the human condition oh, what no. is suspicion everyone's you know? feeling yeah yeah Ugh. 
I really... It was really well shot, though. I just want to oh, say that. Okay. And there was some really good acting in it. It yeah. wasn't overall bad. Maybe yeah. three out of three out of five. Just not your thing. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always... Sometimes something looks like a horror film or like a suspense film or a thriller film and you get there and the main point of tension is interpersonal conflict. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right what happened. And that yeah. for me is I'm like, oh, God, no, bring out the cursed doll. Yes. If I wanted to talk about feelings, I'd go to my therapist. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And there just wasn't much character development. That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like interpersonal conflict and post-apocalyptic dramas, maybe this would be your thing. Yeah. Um, but we're out of time <sighs> so that's the end of uh, episode 17 season 2 amazing tune in next week we'll uh, be talking some more trash yeah and and if you can think of any terrifying mysteries from the deep mm. let us know tweet us at crimetimepod email us crimetimepodcast at gmail.com jump on our website chuck a comment on this post crimetimepod.com and uh, I think if I say Crime Time Podcast any more times, I will potentially pass out. Yeah, so. well, I'll cut you off there. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See